gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. I speak in the name of the one living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I suspect you'll agree with me when I say that familiarity can kind of blunt our senses, blunt our sensitivity to those things which are so, pardon me, so familiar. And I think that applies to today's gospel lesson. The fourth Sunday in Easter is always the Good Shepherd Sunday. And so every Easter we hear one story or another where Jesus describes himself as the Good Shepherd. And we've all heard this analogy. We've always, we've all heard this description, the Good Shepherd, over and over and over throughout our lives. And there's this temptation, isn't there, to say essentially, yeah, I get it. Good Shepherd. Okay. What's next? But there's more, there's something to this. There's a lot to this. There's a reason we celebrate it every year. And so let's pause for just a minute and let's dig below the surface a little bit of our gospel lesson. And to do that, I want to talk about three forms of context that are important for this gospel lesson. The first context is the context of Where does this event occur in Jesus's ministry? Because we're kind of plucking it out of thin air because, again, it's Good Shepherd Sunday. Well, today's gospel lesson follows immediately after a gospel passage, a lesson that we looked at not too long ago on the fourth Sunday in Lent. Some of you, I hope, will remember that that passage, it was the, it was the story where Jesus heals a man who had been blind since birth and been a beggar really all of his adult life. And he healed this blind beggar on the Sabbath. <clears throat> Remember, we talked about the fact that with that lesson, really the, the healing itself didn't take up much time. In fact, most of the time was spent looking at how different groups viewed that healing event on the Sabbath. 
And in order to help maybe uh, jog your memory a little bit, you might remember that I used this visual aid, Reuben's vase. Now those out there with quizzical looks who don't remember this are telling on yourselves, you weren't here. (laughs) But that's okay. The prop was to make this point that there are always different ways to look at the same event And we looked at how there were three groups that could only see this event through their own little tight perspective. There were the friends of the man who simply couldn't believe it was him. It must be somebody looked like him. After all, he'd been blind all his life. The next group were the the leaders of the Jews who, again, couldn't accept that this man, he was a sinner, had to be a sinner from birth because of his blindness. No way a sinner like this could be healed. And then the third group were the Pharisees. Interestingly, The Pharisees accepted the miracle, but they were critical. They were condemnatory of Jesus for doing what? For healing on the Sabbath. And so Jesus locked horns with all of these groups. And at the end of that lesson, Jesus is addressing in particular the Pharisees. And essentially he says, you are metaphorically speaking blind because you're so smug You're unwilling to see anything through any perspective other than your very narrow perspective of following the Mosaic law. And then today's lesson follows immediately. So Jesus is talking to these same Pharisees and the other Jewish leaders. So that's the context in terms of where in the ministry. The next context is a a historical context we need to keep in mind. You and I are bathed in this notion that church and state are separate. It's all we've known. It's, it's a cornerstone of our society. But this is a relatively new sociologic, uh, social, socio-development. For eons, for millennia, religious leaders were also deemed to be the leaders politically, the leaders socially, even the leadership of military. And the same was true in Jesus' day. The religious leaders wore all of those hats. It was their responsibility to look out not only for the spiritual well-being of the populace, but also their political well-being, their social well-being, even their safety. So we need to remember when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and and the leaders, he's talking to these folks who wear all of those hats of responsibility. <clears throat> the third context is this. What's all this about sheep and sheepfolds? Now, I don't know how many of you have done much shepherding, but I haven't done any. And I've never really used a sheepfold, so let's talk about what a sheepfold is, particularly in first century Palestine. It's an enclosure. It's in a circular enclosure with one very narrow entrance one way in and one way out. It's made of stacked stone. And it's for the safety of the sheep at night. Every night, the shepherd will take his flock one by one because it's such a narrow opening into the sheepfold. Most of these sheepfolds would would hold two or three or even more flocks. And then during the night, they would block off the gate, the single gate to the sheepfold, and the shepherds would sleep with their sheep. Not real glamorous, but effective. You see, with the shepherds in there, there was no way for anything, any varmint, any any um, 
anything that would be after the sheep to get in and no way for the sheep to get out. So they remained safe. So it was effective, but only for that purpose. It was not a place where the sheep could live. There's no food there. There's no water there. There's no place to exercise. So every morning, the shepherd would take his flock out one by one, and they would go search for food, for water, and place to exercise. And in that, in Palestine, believe me, they needed to go far and wide because it's such a desolate place. But the shepherd was always with them. The shepherd stayed with them all day, protecting them. In other words, the shepherd in this metaphor, in this parable, has the goodwill, the safety, the very lives of the sheep foremost in his mind 24-7. Now in this parable, who are the sheep? You and me. We are the sheep. But there is a place where the metaphor kind of falls apart, where there's a distinction between us and the sheep. You see, the sheep don't, shoot, don't choose their shepherd. They're born into a flock and they inherit that flock's shepherd. You and I can choose our own shepherd. Now you put all of these contexts together, if you will, along with what Jesus is saying, and here's what we've got. Jesus is saying in a not very subtle way, he is condemning the Pharisees and these other Jewish leaders because he sees that contrary to their real responsibility for the spiritual, social, political, and safety of the people, they are putting their own interest at at heart first. They're putting their own wealth, possessions, comfort, safety ahead of those whom they are supposed to to, uh, protect. And so Jesus says they are the thieves and the bandits. And Jesus says, we need to choose our shepherd wisely. Simple. Except there's a catch. And the catch is that unfortunately, these thieves and bandits can wear a mask that make them look like, appear to be a good shepherd, somebody we can trust. The problem is, when we choose unwisely, at some point, that thief, that bandit is unmasked and our world falls apart. Now, in this today's lesson, Jesus is speaking about leadership. Quite frankly, our culture has developed in such a way that we have a strong skepticism, I would say even a healthy skepticism of leaders, whether it's political, social, or even religious. Instead, the, the false shepherds, the thieves in masks who wear excuse me, the thieves and and bandits who wear masks for us are more likely to be things like money, possessions, power, comfort, influence, social standing, drugs, alcohol. You can go on and on and on, can't we? There is that temptation to look at these things as good shepherds. Now, for me, I'll tell you, my personal siren call has always been the siren call of pride. I can work my way to happiness. I can make all the decisions. I, I, I. And when we put our faith in these false shepherds, these thieves and bandits, sooner or later, they are unmasked 
and we realize much of our lives, much we value has been stolen from us. Jesus is saying today that the only shepherd who has no mask to remove is Jesus, is God. You with me? Okay, good. Good. But there's something else. See, it begs the question, okay, okay, okay. So we know who the good shepherd is, but where is this shepherd going to lead me? And quite frankly, today's gospel lesson doesn't answer that question. But today's psalm does. The beloved Psalm 23, the one psalm that all of us are familiar with. First of all, if you look at it, you you can look at it or not, but you all know, what does the first verse do? It invokes this metaphor of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And where does the Lord, my shepherd, lead me? Well, you know, um, green pastures, still waters, paths of righteousness. That's the first, that's the second and third verses. Pretty good stuff. But then comes verse four. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, Psalm 23 doesn't mince words. Psalm 23 does not uh, promise something that will not be fulfilled. Psalm 23 recognizes that the shepherd does not lead us in such a way that we avoid the valley. The shepherd does not lead us in such a way that we can go around and skirt the valley. Instead, we all experience this valley of the shadow of death this valley with the specter of grief, this valley with the pain of disappointment and bitterness, we all, sooner or later, and most of us multiple times, experience this valley. But the key, the key to this verse is this word, through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That one word through promises us this, promises us that if we choose the right shepherd, when we enter that valley of the shadow of death, we do not stay there. If we choose the wrong shepherd, I can promise you when we get into that valley, we will be abandoned But when we choose God, no matter how deep that valley is, no matter how long that valley is, no matter how difficult that valley is, God will never abandon us. God will be with us. God will give us the strength and the courage to keep moving even when we don't know if we can. And we will get through that valley to the other side. That is where the Good Shepherd leads us. And that, my friends, on Good Shepherd Sunday, that's really good news. Amen.